What's up, cool safe chicks? It's your girl Day. I'm Denisa. This is Lauren. And I'm Ayana. And you're tuned into Saved Girl Secrets. All right, ladies, what's up? What's going on? Happy Monday to our listeners. Happy Monday to my girls on the podcast. Today, you already just seen the title. It's called Pass the Cavassier. And we mean exactly what we said. Okay. So that's how I'm well, some of us do. Some of us do. Because some of us don't drink. <laughs> Some of us don't drink. Oh yeah. <laughs> at all. I wish I wish they had an opportunity to guess which one don't drink. Okay. Like so. we can put it in the stories. We can. <laughs> and let's see if, if they guess before they, you know, whatever. They're gonna know by the end Yes. Well, this this show is about drinking. And I guess I want to start off with asking the question. Should we start off by saying, do you drink? Do you pass the Covacier? <laughs> Ayana? I should start with me. But <laughs> it's alphabetical order, so you first. <laughs> okay, so um, do I pass the Covacier like that particular brand? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so let's see. Um, in an honest, truthful world, because it's yes. truth. I am a drinker too. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I do not engage in alcoholic beverages frequently. Okay. It's very less, less and less and less than frequent. Um, well, I've always been like that. I've never had an issue with having a glass of wine or anything. That is not my personal conviction. Um but however, I also don't out of just personal preference. I'm just not that, you know, it's a lot of people that will come home and they're like, oh, I need a glass of wine. wine. I'm just yeah. not that type of person, um, mainly because alcohol to me is very filling. It's, it's, it's weird reasons. It's not weird, but is it the calories? Random reasons. Like, well, for me, it just makes me feel really full. I get sleepy quick. Like y'all already know, I be sleepy at a certain point at night. Mm-hmm. I have a glass of wine on top of that. I'm knocked out. Um, and I just, I don't know. It's just, I'm just not that, uh, you know, and then I'm, I'm like a, I'm a basic wine drinker. I'll be drinking all the Moscato. Like it ain't nothing serious. All the Moscato be busting. So I'm just, we yeah. going in alphabetical order. Denisa. So I told y'all before we even press record, like when it comes to a drink, I'm going to have a drink. I, know, I feel like I said this too. When we talked about Lauren's birthday and us going for the wine tasting at the Chateau, honey, mm-hmm. even if it won't her birthday, if she wanted to go to the Chateau, I'm pulling up at the Chateau. But what I will say is... <laughs> Not I'm pulling up at the Chateau. I would. I would. Now, what I will say is I don't drink and I hate this. I don't. Uh, I'm going to say I don't drink to get drunk. I will say that, but I am absolutely the girl that's like, if I've had a long day at work, pour me a glass of wine. That's me. If you know what I mean, like if I'm out with my friends and we're having dinner, I'm gonna have a drink, you know. So yeah, absolutely. And I feel like you know, for future reference, at my wedding, Jesus, if you want to perform a miracle and turn water into wine, you are more than welcome to do that, sir. That's you're how already, I already. You're not gonna already have it there. I mean, if we run out, because that that happened. That happened when he performed the miracle. I'm just saying. Okay. 
Amen. Well, do you want it to be the wine that Jesus turned into wine? You know what? Don't, I'm not even going to say what you I feel like Jesus' wine would be amazing. Yes, I would. And it was like the best. Thank you, like, why did you bring out this good wine after the right. wine? So, right. I feel I like I would people, want they gonna Jesus pray for wine. a Hennessy fountain. They... <laughs> a Hennessy blessing. <laughs> not it with my family. It wasn't oh, no. Aldi. It definitely <laughs> wasn't no Aldi wine. It was not. Even though Aldi is popping. Okay? Aldi wine is blessing. So it might have been. It, Aldi... Thank you for the recommendation. I'm going to try and I'm going to give you a review. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, Lauren, I think it's, it's you, you next, Kilolo. Yeah, well, I am. Look, I'm the true saint out of the group. So no, wait, I'm a a minute. wait a I'm minute, wait a minute, I'm, I'm holy sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost over here. Period. Look, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But I am the one that don't drink, and I think my reasons behind drinking is if you are ever in my space, you realize I don't need a drink or no shit thing, y'all. I don't need a thing. I really don't. Even when they have a communion, I just take a little sip. I don't do, I don't engage too much. But no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't drink. It, and it's, it's honestly just personal choice. Um, I don't have any terrible history with liquor or anything. I think that's a misconception too. It's like, if you tell someone, oh, I don't drink, they're like, oh, are you okay? Is everything all right? And it's like, look, I'm great. I just choose not to drink. That's just something I choose not to do. When I tell you that is extremely annoying to me because, especially because I am not a frequent uh, wine or whatever drink, I especially don't do hard liquor. Like that ain't for me. It tastes like gasoline. I'm not doing it. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh. But like, especially like my husband, he does not drink at all. And he constantly gets the question of, um, oh, he, he constantly gets the question of, Oh, well, why not? What's going on? Like, is it okay? Like, you know, like, I really want to know why. Like, like there's something wrong with him. Yeah, like, you haven't tasted it before? Or, you know, like, I mean... Or people will feel convicted around him. And I'm like, for what? We ain't, trust me. I hate that too. We do yeah. not care. <laughs> so. yeah. I hate that too. I, I, I definitely hate that because I've been in settings too where because I'm not drinking, people feel like they can't drink. And I believe that I want you to, not I believe, I definitely want you to be authentic to who you are because that's what I'm being to myself. By me choosing not to drink, I'm being authentic to me because I'm going to still be Lauren regardless. Yeah. Right. You know? And so I, I do believe that there are like a huge misconceptions for people who choose not to drink. I feel like a lot of times we get more flat than people who, who do drink. Cause it's like, yeah, got, yeah. Like, me and Denise are like, <laughs> are you sure? I do. The reason no, I do, we is do. I, we do. <laughs> I do because I feel like a lot of times, like if I don't drink people, I've been blamed for killing the vibe. <laughs> And I was just like, I feel like I remember you telling that story. That was yeah, like I've get I got I've gotten a lot of like flack for not picking up a drink, um, you know. And I, honestly, I'm the type of person too. I love to stay hydrated, so I'm not gonna. It may not be an alcoholic beverage, but as long as right. they got cranberry juice and pineapple juice, I'm good. We can make a straight mocktail. <laughs> I don't need to have you know hard liquor in it. You know, I know how to be sociable. And right. so maybe I feel like in those instances, maybe it was just 
them feeling uncomfortable being around someone who doesn't drink because maybe they're just used to people actually just you know what they call it having your vibration vibrations no, libations. That? Libations. libations having your libations i think people are used to you know that type of setting when they're drinking so if you find somebody like myself that's just like no i'm good then it kind of rubs them the wrong way sometimes that makes sense what about that you Charday? <laughs> Dang, Lauren, why you have to say it like that? That's a Um, So, I will say that right now, at this point in my life, I will have a glass of wine or maybe a drink on a birthday or if I'm out or something like that. Now, there was a time where I did not drink at all. So much so to the point that I remember we were, well, y'all was, I wasn't planning for my bachelorette party weekend thing that somebody mentioned bringing like wine or something like that. And I think like my best friends were like, what? And I think that for me, it was like a gradual progression back into drinking just because when I was younger, younger, and we've had this conversation on the podcast before, I, I really wild out and I drank a lot. I've told those stories. They don't need to be told to get on this episode. They in another episode. I don't remember which one. But um, because I felt like I drank a lot, and I think it was because I was in in entertainment, working in entertainment at a young age, and everywhere was a was an open bar. Every event was an open bar. So it's like high end liquor free. Absolutely, I'm gonna drink. And then when I got, you know, what I call say for real, when I really rededicated my life to the Lord, I stopped drinking, you know, at all, just because I felt like I couldn't, you know, be around certain things and activities and continue growing in Christ. I think that I'm at a point now where if it's a social function and I enjoy drinking wine, which, which I do, I will have a glass and I don't feel bad about it. I do feel like I, I, there was a point when I felt weird when people who knew that I didn't drink at all saw me drink and they're like, oh my God, Charday, you're having a glass of wine. Da, 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 da. You know, I was a little self-conscious, but it's like, I know who I am and I'm not drinking to get drunk. So yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I, I want the think- intent behind it. Oh, go ahead. Lauren. No, oh. go ahead, Denisa. I was just going to say, I think the intent behind it really plays like the biggest part for me, whether you drink, you don't drink, like what is your motivation? Is it, I'm not drinking because I don't want people to judge me. I disagree with that. You know what I mean? Or is it, I'm drinking because I need to block out a certain part that I just don't want to think about that happened today. Like that's the issue with me also. So I think, you know, just thinking about what your reasons are behind whatever your decision is, whether you decide that you do partake or you don't partake, it's important. Cause just the same, um, you know, as you guys spoke about not drinking, I disagree with that. I don't feel like people should be shamed out of something, but I think if that's your personal conviction and you know, that's not for you, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But sometimes I do think Christians go overboard and do the most. And that's when we start tapping into the whole like religious traditions and taking word out of context and doing all this other stuff. Um, and I think it's like Ayana said earlier, like do what you need to do for you, you know? Yeah. I think you bring up a really good point because I feel like a lot of times, um, and I had a friend tell me this and I thought that this was actually really, really wise for her to say, she said a lot of times, you know, with people and their choices, uh, 
to engage in drinking, um, she was saying, you know, a lot of times check, just check your history. Kind of like what you were saying, Denisa, she said, because, you know, if you're, and she's a, this particular friend, she's like into health. So she's really big on like the stats and everything about that. But she was saying, if your purpose for drinking is the intent to get drunk or to suppress feeling, she said, then there is a deep, deeper issue that you need to deal with, um, regarding drinking that surpasses you just picking up a glass and drinking it sociably. Um, and then she was also saying too, if you check your history, as far as like your lineage of generations, and you see that you have a generation of people that suffers from, um, being alcoholics, she says she would then caution you too to also, you know, be mindful about picking up a drink. She said, because you don't realize that they are like, deeper rooted issues a lot of times that plays a role in why do you respond the way that you do um, regarding drinking and so I thought that that was really really smart because number one we oftentimes on the podcast talking about the practicality of things along with the spirituality of things and I feel like especially in the Christian church when you talk about drinking it's very like one perspective we don't drink because God doesn't want us to and to be you know honest the Bible is very specific about what it says about alcohol um, and engaging in alcohol, um, which I think we, we're ta- we'll talk about later on in the episode. But I think it's also important to, especially when you're making a decision like drinking, because it is an adult decision that you check, you know, what are some of the foundational effects potentially that can um, just affect your decision in deciding to drink. and if you decide then that's that's something you want to do, then you have to just create the boundary to make sure that, you know, you're making the best decision for yourself. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, Lauren and Denisa. I think one of the things that I see, and I mean, I don't know if we want to have this type of conversation, but it's almost like this public perception and private lifestyle that don't match of some Christians mm-hmm. where you are out here pretending like I don't drink and because God don't want me to drink. Meanwhile, your cabinet is full of the liquor. So I just don't understand. What is what is that? Full of the liquor on top of the on top of the cabinet decoration <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's the part that throws me. And I mean, technically, it's not just liquor. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff that Christian people. Yeah. Some Christian people tell other people not to do that they themselves are doing. So You're right. Because whenever you were talking earlier and, you know, not just talk about sex, but whenever Lauren was talking about how... <laughs> How, you know, you get shamed kind of for not doing it. But I can honestly see, like, if someone who is practicing abstinence and it's like, oh, you abstinent, you know, like you, uh, it, you get it no matter what the thing is. There are going to be people that celebrate and support. And then there are going to be those people that look at you sideways, which goes back to why it should always be, you know, your personal convictions that drive you to make whatever decision you're making. And also the word that part. That's my biggest thing is like, why is it anybody else's business? You know? Like, I just yeah. I don't I don't understand it, um, especially when it comes to, you know, the Christian community and how they look at 
people who may, uh, you know, with us specifically talking about alcohol, those who may drink, why do those people, well, you know what? I know why. I know why we've had this. I remember uh, Sylvester and I has have had this discussion before, but I also feel like we might've talked about it in shift or whatever. But anyway, I feel like people who have an issue with other people, you know, drinking specifically is because they are like, well, I'm doing all these things right. Why? Like, I'm doing all these things right. I'm checking off the perfect Christian box, but you're sitting there and you're drinking and you might be doing other things and your life is not like, you know, I guess from the outside looking in may not be be in turmoil or whatever, if you get what I'm saying. So it's like this, but I'm doing everything right. And you got to do everything that I'm doing because that's what a Christian is. When no, a Christian is a person who has a relationship with God. And exactly. I think that's why people end up disappointed because you thinking that what you do is going to yield a result. And it's exactly. really your reliance on God that yields the result. Exactly. So I feel like that's why, at least that's my thoughts when I've really looked at it and just really, you know, seen with people, um, you know, just kind of the habits of people. I'm like, okay, well, from what I've seen, it's like, all right, you have it. You don't have an issue. I don't even think you have an issue with me drinking. You just have an issue with the fact that I'm living in in this sense of freedom when you're in bondage to the law, basically, because you yeah. feel like you have to check off this box or have this full checklist of how a Christian is supposed to be in your mind. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It makes me think about, you know, my earlier years. And what I mean by that is like my my earlier 20s, um, which I think was the time where I got like the most flack for not drinking. And that was due to me being in college. You know, everybody's let's just be real. I went to one of the largest D1 schools, meaning one of like one of the largest universities that exists in the United States that is known for being uh, what they call a wet campus, which means like they have, they allow liquor on campus. And I'm just going to be real about it. And it was University of Florida. If you go to University of Florida today, literally across the street is a whole row of bars from the college. Legit. Like you literally walk across the street and it's bars on bars on bars. So the school is known for being like a party school and a school that's going to drink and a school that's going to tailgate and going to get drunk and you have pre-games and all of that in the third. And I was just not that girl when I went. Like I was not the girl that was interested in drinking. And so I got a lot of flack about it um, when I first, you know, was there. And I think because I was so at the time very passionate about trying to do what was right, I feel like I became just as bad as they were to me because I was trying to defend something that didn't need any defense, to be honest. And I feel like sometimes as believers, we we take what was once Uh, or we take the attitude of us once being a victim of something and now literally imposing onto others the very thing that we just experienced just differently. Um, It's the same thing, but it's just in a different way. And I I do realize in that time, I kind of became a little self-righteous where, you know, I was trying to, because I was trying to defend the reason why I wasn't 
drinking so hard. I was calling, trying to call people out. Well, this is what you do when you drink and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, honestly, in those settings, you don't need to do that. You know, in those settings, if people are, are very aggressive about you picking up an alcoholic beverage, number one, you need to be securing yourself to just say, hey, it's something I'm not doing. And I hope that you can understand that. And if you can't, that's fine. I just, you know, I'm going to then excuse myself and y'all continue to have a good time, you know? And I think, uh, I wish I had been a little more mature in my faith to be able to handle it that way. And I feel like that's what we're seeing a lot of times, If we, especially if you see the clash between people who are believers who are drinking versus believers who don't drink. A lot of times, I think what you're seeing is the lack of a mature Christian being able to handle those settings where you can have honest conversation to say, and the conversation be so brief, but you can have an honest conversation to say, Hey, I just don't drink. I just don't drink. And you do. And I promise you, if you don't focus on it, we can have a great time. But the, the more you focus on me not drinking and the more I focus on you drinking and if they drinking becomes a little you know, out of hand, then I would say something. But I mean, if they're just drinking sociably and they're controlling their liquor, then it's like, okay, do what you need to do. (laughs) And I'm going to do what I need to do. I think that's so good, Lauren. And when you said that, one of the things that came up for me was, and be that way about whatever it is, whether it's about drinking, whether it's about abstaining, whether it's about working out, like you can, it can run the gamut. That could be about anything, whatever you're about. Don't be afraid to be about it, no matter who you're around. And I do understand that when you're a new believer or when you're really just developing your relationship with God, it may be hard to be around certain things. For me, I know when I stopped drinking completely, I did not go to the club anymore. My group of friends changed, you know, certain things had to change and I had to be okay with that. And I think that when you make the decision to live a certain lifestyle. And that's what it is, a lifestyle. When you make a decision to live that lifestyle, I think you have to be honest and transparent with yourself first to say, okay, is this an environment that's going to continue to be good for me? And if it's not, that's okay. But if you're bold enough to go into a space where everybody is drinking all the time and say, oh, no, I'm good. I don't drink then that's great. But if you're not, that's okay too. It's okay to say, Hey, I'm not in a space right now where I can be around X, Y, and Z. If you, if this is your first episode, I want you to go back and listen to what's the episode with Sierra? The purge. The purge. That's a perfect example. The purge. When I literally told my friend, I can't go to the Erica Badu concert because I just can't have, I just can't listen to that music right now. And Sierra about cursed me up and down and out. And it was fine. It was fine, but I mean, there's certain things that you do have to go through when you are really, really developing your relationship with God. One of the analogies that God gave me a long time ago about like, um, what's it called? Maturing in Christ is like being like sand on a beach, like when you first find God. And it's like when sand is put in water and you mix it around, it's just in there swirling everywhere. But like when it comes to becoming solidified, like when you take that sand or whatever, I don't know how chemistry works, and you make that thing into a rock and it's solid, if you drop it into a cup of water, the water is going to be around it, but the the rock is not going to fall apart and be swirling all in the water. And it's like, if you're sand in your relationship with God, that's fine. But 
understand that you can't be mixed with a bunch of things because you're just going to be swirling around and confused and it'll feel like chaos to you. And when you mature to a point where you're solid, you can be around certain things and remain solid and be okay. So. I love the perspective that both of you all just share. And it reminded me of a different situation that I was in, right? Whereas obviously, you know, we're talking about it and I drink, but there was a group of people that I was with and they also drink, but I didn't feel comfortable to drink around them. Now, I already told you guys, I don't drink to get drunk. So it wasn't a, a situation where I was like, oh, I don't feel safe. You know, it was nothing like that. It was literally just the Holy Spirit giving me the spirit of discernment. Like, you know what? Tonight, that's not what you need. Tonight, you need to be aware. And thankfully, I was aware because situations transpired and I needed to be the person that assisted other people, whatever, whatever, whatever. But I'll say I'll be as bold enough to say as like the Holy Spirit even tell me when not to drink. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we overcomplicate things when we have a helper that literally lives and dwells on the inside of us that can let us know, you know, to Sharday and Lauren's point, like if you're not in a mature space, if you're not equipped to handle something, best believe the Holy Spirit not going to just have you all here. You know what I mean? Like just doing whatever. Like if you yield to, you know, the instructions, you'll be fine. That's definitely happened to me before, too, with the Holy Spirit really saying, mm, nah, you're good. Um, and it's it's funny. It's even happened in, the, in spaces where I haven't even gotten to the restaurant yet. I'm at home preparing and he'll just be like, OK, I know you're going out. Uh, just have some water or some juice or whatever. And I remember one particular space. Um, I. um it was many years ago and because I especially because I haven't been anywhere like like that, especially during the panoramic. But um, it was, it was quite a few years ago. I went to like a dinner, a birthday dinner or whatever. And I felt like um, one of the things that I've definitely gotten um, many, many times is um, because, you know, a lot of people know I serve and I've had different positions of leadership when it comes to church and whatnot. So sometimes people are uncomfortable around me um, and they think that I'm looking at them a certain way if they're doing something when we're outside of the church setting, like at dinner or whatever. And I really just be, I don't care. I, I, like <laughs> y'all have heard me say that so many times. Like, I really just don't care. I mean, in my own little world thinking about random things. And uh, <laughs> this particular dinner party, um, I felt like the person, like you could, you know, you could just feel somebody constantly looking at you to see what you're going to do or what you're going to order, or are they going to order this and whatnot. And, um, specifically that night, I just remember not even ordering any type of alcohol or anything because I felt like the person like overanalyzing everything that I did. And it was in a way overanalyzing to the point of, because you know, you can tell some people analyzing to where it's like, well, if they do it, I know I can do it too. And I'm like, don't base what you do off of what I do. You know, some, a lot of people use that as fuel, like, well, such and such may have a drink or such and such may do this. So I could do that too, you know? And, and I'm like, no, your, your relationship with God. That's is literally making somebody an idol. Exactly. Literally. It is. It's literally making somebody an idol. And I'm like, I don't live my life like that. So I don't want you to live your life like that because 
this girl over here, I can go. I I am very random. Y'all know I've been vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, <laughs> all of that. You know, I'm going back to more plant based now. Like y'all, y'all know I'm random in the many years that y'all have known me. So I'm like, I am not the person to be following when it comes to dietary choices and what you're drinking. So yeah, but it, it's it can be weird, especially when, um. That, that judgment aspect of people think that they're judging you based off of you being a Christian or whatever you do or what it, it's, it's very annoying. And I just be like, you know, I really don't care. That's between you and God. I'm good. <laughs> like that ain't none of my business. So. Yeah. All right. I think we need to take a break. We're going to come right back. When we come back, I want to talk about this idea of being like the token Christian to what Ayana was saying. Like when you're the only one of your friends who's a Christian or you're the only one of your friends like in the group or whatever, and people are looking to you to see like what they think Christians should and should not be and how to deal with that type of situation when it comes to this. So we'll be right back after this. This podcast is brought to you by at Churchy People on Instagram. If you need some inspiration, a little bit of laughter, and something that's going to feed your soul, check out at Churchy People on Instagram right now. All right, ladies. So we're back, and um, I hope you guys are enjoying the conversation so far. Now we're going to go into being the token Christian friend. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to start off with that? <laughs> start it off. I actually love that Sade mentioned that about being the token Christian, because that was one thing I wanted to add to the conversation was like, I thank God for, I'm going to be real about it and transparent about it. I remember probably like around my mid twenties, I really started praying and asking God for true Christian friends. Like I was like, I don't want. I was in detail. I was like, I don't want these, these hypocritical ones. I don't want these, these so-so ones that's saved only on Sundays, not saved Monday through Saturday. Like I want some Christian friends. And I will say when God finally gifted me with a community of friends who had a personal relationship with God, um, but was also great at just being good friends and he gave me more than one group at that. To me, I think it enriched my life so much because I feel like a lot of times as believers, and I think this is why it's so important for churches to have a young adult ministry um, that it stands beyond um, your youth ministry, because I feel like it's a disservice for a lot of young people who are believers to go from sitting in church with your friends on every Sunday in children's church or youth church or young adult, not young adult, but youth church, then going to college. Teen. I was going to say, you think about teen, yeah, teen, church. teen church, then going to college and literally having a diverse group of people that you are immediately submerged in that now comes from, I don't know how many different backgrounds and, you know, you then don't, you really don't have a community to kind of reach back out to that looks like you anymore as far as like being a believer and, um, you know, still engaging in college, but yet trying to do the right thing, trying to do the righteous thing 
a lot of times that becomes really gray in that area of your life. And it's like, to be candid with you, a lot of churches don't have that community for those age groups. And so for me, it wasn't until I moved to Atlanta, because when I was in Gainesville, I didn't even have a church in Gainesville, because that was just, that was just a whole nother thing. But when I finally moved to Atlanta and I was introduced to like a shift, I was then able to submerge myself around people who, yeah, we all weren't getting it right. You know, we were all still making mistakes. But when I looked around the table, I saw people striving to be better. Um, They were trying to be better, period. They were just trying to be better in their walk with Christ. They understood that they didn't get it right all the time, but it made things a lot more relatable because it's like, I can sit and talk to my brother or I can sit and talk to my sister across the table and I can say, hey, I'm in college too. I'm 20 something years old too. And this is what I'm faced with. And I truly love God, but I'm trying to do this thing right. And it's not, it's not necessarily going the way I wanted to go. And then you, you're transparent enough with them. And then they're like, hey girl, I'm going through the same thing. And then next minute, you know, it's like, but hey, we can pray about it and we can talk to God about it and we can have conversations about it. And we can really be transparent with one one another. Um, and then this is another thing too. We can serve God in the midst of us still trying to go through what we were going through. We can still, you know, be of service to our community, which is our church. We can be of service to the community at large, meaning like other young adults. And you'll find yourself literally when you... Um, Paul calls it when you press, and I really believe it is a form of pressing, but you'll find yourself when you're in that position where you're trying to press to be really better at your walk with Christ and you're doing everything on your part, you'll find yourself actually being in alignment with Christ. And so I love the fact that, Sade, you were talking about friend groups and what does that look like? And I, I believe it looks like literally a community, you know, and I think especially for young people who, who are kind of struggling with the whole, like, should I drink? Should I don't, should I not drink? Submerge yourself around true believers. And even if you are not getting the answers immediately, you will find in your pressing, you being in alignment with Christ and God literally figures out the rest. Amen. Pastor Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um... I, I guess what I'm about to say, I don't know if it's right. So, I mean, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but Go for it. I, feel, I feel like when being the token Christian, and I feel like in some of my friend groups at one point or another, I was the token Christian or the one who publicly would say that they go to church and they have a relationship. And by token Christian friend, I mean that like you're the one that goes to church, but maybe all of your other friends don't go to church. Um, and I do think that for some of them, they questioned, you know, back when I was getting drunk, not, not, not necessarily now, but back when I was getting drunk, they was like, okay, so wait, I'm confused. You go to church, but you get just as drunk as I get. So what's so different about you? Like what makes you any different than me? If you right here, drunk, thrown up with me. Like, what is the difference between us? And what I say to that is at a certain point, something inside of me changed that even though I was doing that, there was something consistently on the inside of me saying, this is not right. 
This is not you. You need to make a different decision. You need to, to put yourself in a different type of environment. This is not who you are. And I think that when you are the token Christian, that when you stay around a group of people long enough, even if you're doing the wrong thing, there is an opportunity for them to see you transform into who it is that God created you to be in the first place. And so I say to that person, if you feel like you're the token Christian and you feel like you haven't been doing what you think Christian people should be doing or whatever, to continue to follow the Holy Spirit that is on the inside of you. Because once you get saved, no matter what you do, the word of God says that there's nothing that could separate you from the love of God. God will never leave you nor forsake you. So he's going to continue knocking at your door until you make a different decision. So even if you feel like you're the token Christian and you don't do the right thing all the time, I want to say that it's okay. You're going to be all right. Mm -hmm. that you are not more powerful than the God that lives on the inside of you. God ain't going to force you to do nothing, but he's going to continue to to try and persuade you to go in the right direction. You know what I'm going to say, Shardy, too, to that, like, in those moments, because I, too, have a very similar story where I was the token, you know, Christian out of my friend group. And I think my situation is a little different because my friends seen me, like, evolve because they would always be like, oh, you know, she might fight you, but she'll pray for you afterwards. Or, or she might curse you out, but she's going to do, you know what I mean? Because they understood, like, that was what I was, I don't think we knew what was happening in my life, but they they saw a change. They saw, yeah. like, an evolution happening. And what I can say is if you do find yourself being that person, sometimes, you know, because you are that person, you have the greatest impact. So now 10, 12, 15 years later, you know, when they call me up, you know what I mean? Like I can relate to the mess and I can relate to the ministry. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I can relate to both. So they're always, Hey, you know what? This is, this is it. And they know that I'm not going to be judgmental because they see me at my worst. They see me literally evolve and trust God and allow him to cultivate and change me and and my decision-making and, and, you know, talk about the Holy spirit and you know what I mean? They see me literally, like I said at the beginning, when I just interrupted you, literally get in a fight, curse somebody out. And at home, we praying about your situation with your mom at home. You know what I mean? Like they saw all those different facets. So if you do find yourself being that token Christian and you are kind of trying to figure it out, that's exactly what's happening right now. You are literally trying to figure it out. It's literally a dying to your flesh and yielding to the spirit, which is something we're going to continue to do forever. But just don't think that there, you know, something is wrong with you or don't put too much pressure on yourself to get it right all the time. You know what I mean? Like it, it happens. And yeah. luckily, whenever you have those friend groups, the friend groups that I know Sharday and I are talking about are like lifelong type of friend groups. Mm-hmm. Those people, you know what I mean? They know your character. They know your heart. So they, they kind of watch and see you evolve and grow. But there are some people that literally you just need to, to be away from. You know what I mean? Like you do not need to be around. And those are the people that may, you know, consider you, um, hypocritical or they may be the ones that are more judgmental than the other people. So I will say evaluate, the situation pray about the situation and then yield to the holy spirit but it's i was okay. just i was literally just thinking it i was like sometimes it is a purge god yeah. really trying to get you away from certain it brands is. it is you it know is. and to denise's point just because you in a certain phase of life doesn't mean that god is not in you <laughs> and i think that that's what we think sometimes it's like you know or even other people from the outside looking in being like 
go. She don't know God. <laughs> There's no way. Now you can't know God. She can't yeah, know God. She can't. Listen, I didn't said it about people. You know, I had to repent. It's some people out of the day and be like, ain't no way, God. That's you right there? Really? I can't. But I mean, yeah, to Denise's point, I would be. There were moments where I would literally, like when I was 21, 22, get drunk and then prophesy while drunk. Because it's in and you. Then, you can't get away from then, it. And then stuff happened and my friends would be like, remember when you was in the club? Mm. And you had said such and such and such and such. And then such and such happened. And it's like, dang, that's crazy. <laughs> but it's like, you know, God is there. You know what I mean? Like, he's in you. And he loves you so much that he's going to stick with you. And so what's in you? comes out of you in a way that glorifies him so yeah yeah the word did you have oh, go, go ahead go ahead ayana i don't no go ahead go ahead first oh no i was gonna say um it makes me think of something one of my uncles told me one time because he was sharing with me a very similar story of like how you were always saying like you could find yourself in situations where it doesn't necessarily reflect, you know, what you want to portray, but it's like, you know, God's still working on the inside of you. And he brought up a really good point to me one time. He says, you know, a lot of times we are results of our parents' prayers. And he was like, you know, you'll find yourself, like you'll find a pulling uh, of not wanting to do the thing that you were doing once before. And he was like, what you don't realize is that before you even came into this world, a lot of people have prayed for you and a lot of people literally gave you to God before you were even born into this world. So you pretty much have a calling on your life. And so no matter what, you know, you find yourself in or no matter what situation or circumstance you find yourself in, it's always going to be something different about you. It's because literally like in the word of of, of Jeremiah, it says that when you were in your mother's room, like I knew you. So my thing is like, literally before you were even brought, you know, before you even possessed any type of characteristic or trait or any of that, God knew who you were and he knew who he had called you to be for his kingdom, even when you was in your mother's womb. So I feel like I want to say that because sometimes it's bigger than us. Sometimes it's even bigger than what we think it could possibly be. It's like, literally you have been called to impact the world in a different space. And, and, and a lot of times it does take, um, it does take sometimes some pressing uh, to get through so that you can ultimately become the thing that God has called for you to be. Amen to that, Lauren. Um, did you guys have anything to add before we close out the episode? I think this was so good. I just feel all good on the inside, you know? I do too. I've enjoyed the conversation about liquor. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. I really do pray that, um, you know, the conversation frees people, um, you know, in any type of way. If you're the the judgmental friend, it frees you from, from being judgmental. If you're the, the other friend, whatever, whatever way, whatever way, excuse me, I pray that it just, you know, it, it frees people because there it is 2022. I just, you know, it's time to just drink water and mind your business. That's all. Hello. Okay. <laughs> That's a word from the Lord. <laughs> you know, it don't matter what other people, other people are doing. 
you know, um, you know, if you if you don't agree, pray for yourself and pray for that other person and just leave it at that. So that's all I got. Amen. I'm in it with a Beyonce quote. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Filthy with that. Let that get it to me. <laughs> That's that marriage ministry. Thank you in advance, Father God. Yes, hallelujah. <laughs> oh my God. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what? I'm going to say this. Nope, I ain't going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna drink my water and let that go. Let that go. But we hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you didn't, it's a bunch of other ones that you could go listen to. <laughs> and maybe those ones will be more satisfying. Um, if you want to keep up with us, we would love to connect with you. Follow us on social media at Save Girl Secrets on Instagram and Facebook at Save Girl Secret. No S on Twitter. If you want to talk more about this or if you just need a, a secret sister to talk to. Send us an email to savegirlsecrets at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Um, we love you. Good God bless you. Love and peace. Bye. 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 Bye.